Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. God, this month, you know, God said to us, I want, you to, I want you to preach on love, on my love, which is different to love. And that's a daunting task. I want to tell you that right now. How, how can we possibly speak of God's love and do it justice? I don't even know how to begin. But all we can do is hopefully share from our hearts and hopefully something will get inside of you. Amen? Is that good? I can't see out there so well. I'm looking, I'm looking. Yep, I'm starting to see. Can we just turn the foyer lights off so the fluoros aren't blinding me? Thanks. Um, I just saw this when I was on Facebook this week. Some good things on Facebook. A physician once said the best medicine for humans is love. And someone asked, what if it doesn't work? And he smiled and said, increase the dose. You know, I feel like right across the earth, God is speaking to his people and he's saying, I want to increase the dose. And I think there's a level of love that we, as Christians, even those that have been Christians many, 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 many years, there's those of us who have understood the love of God so much, and we, we, thought, we, had a, we, we thought we had a handle on it. But it's almost as if God is saying right now, you haven't even, you haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg. You... you you haven't even, you really have only just had a glimpse of what my love is and what my love can do and how powerful my love is. It, if it is released in its purity, if it is released from my heart through pure vessels who just say, God, we just want to love people, we want you to love people, we have no idea. We haven't even touched it. And I believe that those that have been recently born again actually probably have a more clear idea of God's love than we do. Like Sarah is here. Sarah, stand up. Wave to me. Yeah. Wave to me. Sarah experienced God's love just a little while ago. Matt there just experienced God's love a couple of weeks ago. Zach up the back. I'm looking, is that you? Yeah, there he is. It's hard to see. You know, these people have experienced God's love in a profound way because I believe that they've, they've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. That, that I believe there are people that come into the kingdom right now that are going to get such a revelation of God's love that they'll actually even supersede and run past a lot of people that have been in the kingdom for years because they're going to embrace the pure love of God. And it's not going to take a long time to get people up and running and doing. 
it's almost like they're just going to get the love of God on them and they're just going to be doing it. They're just going to be out there. They're just going to be loving people and they're going to be released. And, and we need to be embracing and releasing, but we need to catch up with them. We need to catch up with the revelation that they have of the love of God. We need to stay fresh and alive and say, God, what are you saying? I need, I need a greater revelation. Like that song says, pull me a little closer. Take me a little deeper. I want to know your heart. That's a, that's, a huge, that's a huge thing to say to God. God, I want to know your heart. When this heart, the heart of God, will probably take us all of eternity to even begin to understand how large that heart is and how beautiful his love is for us. But I was reading in 1 Corinthians 13, and this scripture is typically used at weddings um, about love between a man and a woman. But actually, this scripture is actually speaking of the love of God for us. And if we could understand the love of God for us, then we could love each other with that love that he first loved us with. So let's read it from that perspective. 1 Corinthians 13, it says, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. All of this is saying, I can do all the stuff. You can even perform miracles. But we need to understand the most powerful miracle there is, and that is the love of God. The most powerful thing that we can give away. We can do all the stuff. We can do all the signs and wonders. We can have all the gifts. We can have words of knowledge. We can do all these things. But unless we get a revelation of this incredible love, it's all just a noise. And I don't know about you, when I speak to people about the church, when I invite people to church, if they've tasted the church, they usually say, there was a lot of noise but not much love. There was a big performance. There was nice lights. There was great music. There was good stuff going on. They had a great cafe. But their love. You know, the world is not looking for another thing to besot them or astound them or wow them. I mean, all they have to do is turn on the television. They get wowed every second. You know, all our, all our, all our technology is just like continuously wowing us. Wow, 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 wow. They don't need another wow. They need something that every, every human being, every human being, Every human being is searching for, whether they know they're searching for God or not, they know this, they're searching for love. 
every human being is searching for a love that goes beyond human love. For a love that goes beyond human love. Because a human love lets us down. But we're looking for a love that goes beyond human love. Every human being. And then it says this in verse 4. It starts to explain how God's love is. It says, God's love is patient. Do you know that God's love right now is very patient with you? He's very, very patient. When I look back over the last 32 years that I have known him, I am astounded at how patient he is with me. I am astounded that when he begins to heal my inner being or touch on facets of my personality that perhaps need tweaking, you know, when he looks inside me and he sees the stuff that I would prefer him not to see, how very patient he has been with me. Like a good father, he has walked me through. Like a good father, he has walked me through my pain, my hurt, my disappointments, my sicknesses. My... He's been patient with me. And he astounds me that every time, every time he meets with me and still loves me, I'm astounded by his patience with me. He's not in a hurry. He likes broken people. He likes to hang out with broken people. His love is made perfect in broken people. And we're all broken. His love is patient. His love is kind. Oh, I'm not going to go to church. The roof might fall in and there's a big finger going to come out of the sky and it's going to point at me and say, you're a sinner. You know, what kind of picture do we have of God? He's kind. The Bible says that it is his kindness that leads us to repentance. His kindness. He's not cranky at you. It says God's love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Oh, no. I thought I was going so good and then I blew it and now God's just... I bet you he's turning his back on me and I bet you he's giving me that, you know, that it's not easily angered. You have to do a, a whole bunch of really, 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 really bad stuff, turn your back on. I mean, God, his compassion is endless. His mercy is endless. He is just endless. There is no end to his mercy and his compassion. You who are parents would understand you know, when your child does something wrong, are you, how hard is it to get you angry? I mean, and to stay angry. And when that little face comes up to you and says, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry, Mom. No. Okay. no, I'm never going to forgive you. You know, he's, we're not, he's not angry. He loves his kids. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. And it says... Love, his love keeps no record of wrongs. How many of us live with shame and shame of things that he's already forgiven? 
and we continuously dig it up. Oh, God can't love me because what I did in 1963. You know, like God's going, what? I don't remember. As far as you weren't born, I know. As far as from the east, it's from the west. So has God removed just so has God removed your sin from you. You know, he, he threw it into the deepest ocean and he stuck up a sign, no fishing. No fishing. And yet we dig it up and we go, oh, surely God. And when we, when we hear that God's got a book in heaven and he's, and he's looking in his book and he's got everything written out, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. And he's got all that stuff written about me, all the stuff I did wrong. No, no, no. The minute, the minute that we apply the blood of Jesus to that, the minute we say, your son died for my sin, then it says it is blotted out. It is washed clean. There is no record of it. There's no record. It's gone. And so we go to God and we go, yeah, but you know, I can't come to you because, and, he, and he's like, huh? There's no record. It's gone. He keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. God's love never fails. God's love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. Now listen to this. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. You know, it's like when God turns up the heat on this love, it's going to be like the way I used to believe God loved me was so childish. And now I believe God loves me like a mature person. Now I'm ready to receive this love like a mature person. And then it says, Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. You know, I really believe God's, He's saying, Increase the dose. Increase the dose. And we're going to go like, wow, it's like, it's like I'm seeing in a poor reflection. But it's like as he increases the dose, it's like we're going to put glasses on. It's like we're going to stick contacts in our eyes. It's like we're going to see clearly. And we're going to know. It's, this, isn't, this isn't when we get to heaven. This is the glorious church that understands fully the love of God. Now we see but a poor reflection in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. You know, when God spoke in the Old Testament, He spoke to the prophets and so forth in prophecy and in, and in words like that. But when He spoke to Moses, it became different. And He said, I'll speak to Moses as a man speaks with his friend. I will speak to Moses face to face. And I've just found out the right interpretation of that 
speak to Moses face to face is that God would speak mouth to mouth, breath to breath. That, we, that, that there would be a people so close to God that they would be called his friends, the friends of God. And they would be so close to God that God would literally breathe and a people would inhale. And the word of God will come into them. The love of God will come into them. And then they would breathe out. And it's as if God had breathed on people around them as the love of God would just pour out. God wants to come so close to us in this time that it's, it's so close that his mouth is close to our mouth, that he, will, that he will speak to us mouth to mouth, breath to breath. Not, not thundering from heaven, but coming down right here, right with us, right next to us. Hebrews 2.14 says, And the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of the glory of God. And I believe that we're coming into a time we're going to have such a knowledge of the love of God that there will be a company of people right across the earth that cover the earth with love. We talk about a baptism of love. And I'm talking about the church across the world, across the earth, being baptized in love and it being like such an incredible, having the knowledge of that, like understanding that, getting it, getting that love for them. Do you know what it is to get the love of God for yourself, to get it that He loves you? Do you know how difficult it must be for God to know that He has done everything that He can? He has done everything that He can. He sent His own Son to pay a price for you so that he might be able to embrace you as his son, as his daughter, and love you. And then he reaches out to love you, and you just put a wall up because you don't feel lovable, because you, you, you don't feel worthy, because there's all these rooms. You know, the Bible says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. Therefore, I go to prepare a place for you. And yes, that may have a, a, a sense of in heaven, God is building us mansions and there's lots of rooms and he, Jesus has gone to prepare a place. But what if it means this? What if it means in my Father's house? Where's the Father's house? We are the temple of God. And what if it means in the temple of God, in my Father's house, there are many rooms? What if it's the rooms of our own souls, the rooms of our own hearts? And what if Jesus has gone to prepare a place within us? And that as he goes into every facet of our lives, into every facet of our souls and our hearts, he's knocking on the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and sup with him. What if the doors that he's knocking on are the doors of our very hearts, the doors of the rooms that we've not yet opened to him? What if there's only certain doors that we've opened up to him and accepted his love and there's other doors that we've kept shut? Because when he comes to knock on the door, he says, you can't go in that room. How many of you got rooms in your house like that? Any got a junk room, anybody? People come, you shut the doors. 
How many of you, when you go to the front door and a visitor comes to the door, suddenly you quickly run through, shut all the doors? You can go to the, come into the lounge room because I just quickly ran through and picked up all the clothes. Don't come into that room. Don't come in. And that's what it's like. It's like Jesus saying, behold, I'm standing, at, I'm standing at the door and knock. And it says, well, Lord, I've opened my heart to you. I've given my heart to you. But which part? Which room? How many rooms are there in your father's house inside you that he wants to come in? And he wants to, he wants to, he wants to take up inhabitants. He wants to possess you. He wants to come and take the rooms that are locked because of shame. He wants to come and open those doors and bring light into those rooms and bring forgiveness into those rooms and bring glory into those rooms. He wants to come into the rooms that are shut because of fear. And he wants to come into those rooms and he wants to bring peace and light. And he wants to bring courage and warmth. And he wants to fill those rooms with flowers and and open up the windows and let the sun shine in. And he wants to come into those rooms where there's been abuse and he wants to come in to those rooms that you've shut. And there's little children in those rooms that are inside you still, the little children that were damaged when you were young. And he wants to come into those rooms. He wants to find the child inside of you. He wants to open up the door. He wants to get that little child. He wants to cuddle that little child. And he wants to speak his plan and his purposes over the child of your heart. There are rooms that are shut. And he longs to come in and he wants to come. And we say, he's giving us a baptism of love. And we go, yes, Lord, baptize only these rooms. But if we truly want what he has to offer us, we need to open up every room. We need, it's scary. No one wants to show their most worthy visitor the worst room in their house. But Jesus wants to come and he's not scared of your mess. And, he, and he's, not, he's, not, he's not lacking in, in the ability to heal your pain. Huh. And he's not scared of your secrets because he knows them already, actually. And he has the keys to every door. He has the keys, Jesus says, the keys of the kingdom of God. I have the key to every door in your house, in my father's house. I have the keys. But he's never going to come up to you and say, right, I'm coming in whether you like it or not. I've got the key and it's my rights. He's never going to do that. It's like Jesus, Holy Spirit, you have the key. Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. I'm letting you in my house one room at a time. I'm, I'm scared. I'm fragile. I'm, I'd rather stay in control, but I'm letting you in my house one room at a time. You know, and this is what we need. We need, we, we need a baptism of love and acceptance. We need to get a picture of that, that his love <laughs> is so beyond what we think it is. It's so beyond human love. Human love, as Pastor Phil said this morning, is totally conditional. I will love you if. I will love you if you perform for me. I will love you if you do this for me. What can I get out of this relationship? God's love is completely unconditional. He says, I love you no matter what. I love everything about I love the ugly, the bad, the good. I love it all. And I was in it all. And I've always been in it all. 
I knew you before I was for, you were formed in your mother's room. I've always been in it. I've walked every day of your life with you. You didn't think that I saw you struggling. How many times was there when you were, when you were a child? How many times when you were a teenager when I wanted to come and I wanted to rescue you and I wanted to love you and I wanted to wrap my arms around you, but you wouldn't let me in. I knocked on the door. I knocked on the door, but you wouldn't let me in. And now you've opened the door to him. And, and, he's, and he's gone, yes, the door's open. And then you say, but not these rooms, God. And then your father is standing at the door and Jesus is standing at the door and knocking and saying, if you just let me in those rooms, I can fix this. I can heal this. I can change you. I can, I can baptize you in such a love that will permeate every part of your being. You know, Psalm 103, I think Andrew read it this morning. It says, you know, may everything that is in me praise the Lord. But there was another translation of that in, in, in the Living Bible years ago, and it's stuck in my head. It says, may every fiber of my being unite in holy reverence to your name. May every room in my house be an inhabitant, be a place where the Jesus of redemption, the Jesus of glory, the Jesus of love, the Jesus of peace, Jesus of acceptance and forgiveness. Every room, let it be filled with Him. Let every room of my house be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I was thinking about Jesus before, and do you know that Jesus was with Jesus was with God in the beginning when God created the earth. I was, when I painted that painting over there, it was like, when I was painting it, I wanted to paint what, what the divine chaos looked like. What it looked like when God said, let there be light, and all the colors of creation started to take form and take shape before it took form. You know, just the chaos. And, God, and, and Jesus was there. Jesus, it says that Jesus was there in the beginning, helping God create the earth. Therefore, Jesus has the power, he had the power within him at any given time to do some incredible miracle, an incredible earth-stopping miracle to make the whole world worship him at any time. I mean, he, he came to earth and, he, and, the, and, and he's got, and how am I going to get these people's attention? I know, I'll just like create a mountain. And. You, you know, I've come from God. I'm the son of God. And I've come to show you that, you know, God wants to hang out with you. Therefore, I'll just create a mountain. How about I just, um, yeah, I'll just create a star. And look at me. I, at any time it said, the Bible says that he could have called on legions of angels. Okay, well, I'll just show you some angels. How about that? How about a couple of legions of angels? You see, he didn't choose to do it that way. God didn't choose to show the stuff. He used a more powerful thing than miracles. Although Jesus did do miracles. But he used a more powerful thing than miracles. He, he used love. He came to a prostitute. He didn't want to show his stuff off. He didn't want to do his big fancy ministry. But he walks up to a prostitute and he lifts her chin. 
And he says, I see you. I love you. I see you right into you. I love every part of you. And he walks with a tax collector and he has dinner with him and with all the sinners. They say, oh, he has dinner with sinners. See, he knew the greatest power there is on the earth. The greatest power that there is, is the power of love. And he wants to somehow get that love and get it into us, into every part of our being. That our whole personality is transformed by the power of love. What he wants is thousands and thousands of duplicate Jesus walking the earth. He says, I have to go. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit can't come. But he says, but greater work shall you do than I have done. How can we do greater works than raising the dead? Because the greater works are going to be not just one Jesus walking the earth thousands, an army of selfless lovers that walk around the earth without their baggage, without their stuff, without anything prickly, without anything pokey, just with this love in every room of their hearts. And when they walk into a room, it's, it's almost like the room gets baptized in love. Like what happened to Phil and I, it happens to us everywhere, but it's increasing. It's just increasing. I'm blown away. You know, you, you, to walk into a shop and, and the people, they just want to shut the doors of the shop and keep the customers out so you could just stay there and hug them. And they're in your arms and they're crying. And they, you know, have people come up to you and say, like, you know, I, I, I've never had a mother. and I feel like there's a love in you that is like a mother's love and I don't even know you can... Can you hug me? You know, to pray for an old lady on, on a bench. You know, it's just come from the doctor to say she has to have two knee replacements. And she's just, she sits down. And she just goes, I've just been to the doctor. He said, I have to have two knee replacements. And I said, do you mind if I pray with you? And she just like overwhelmed that someone would even care. That someone would even take the time. To just wrap my arm around you and to love this woman and to pray for her. It's the love of God that permeates out of us. It's not doing the miracles. It's not doing the fancy ministry. It's not, if I can just, you know, because Satan would want us to do that. Jesus, just turn this bread into, turn this stone into bread, Jesus. Why don't you just do that? You know, and we get all off track thinking that we have to wow people. But the bottom line is they're all just looking for love. We're looking for love. Are you looking for love tonight? Are you searching for this love that is unspeakable? This unconditional love that would fill you and change you and, and, and burn inside of you till everything nasty and bad is burnt out of you until you're so filled with this liquid love that, 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 that pain cannot stay and that, that fear cannot stay and that torment is gone and, and, and you know, all, all the things, they're gone. We're so filled up with this love 
so filled up with it that it's all that's inside of you is freedom. Know that my daddy loves me. Ah, oh, it's just incredible. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 in the New Living Translation. It says this, when I think of all this, this is how I felt tonight, like God, how, how in the heck can I just get up there and speak about your love? Like who can speak about this and really do it justice? And it says here in Ephesians, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven or on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be able to complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. You get that scripture now? Do you get what? The Word of God is trying to say. I was listening to a song this week, and the worship team can come. I was listening to a song this week, um, and it's called, I'm Letting Go. And the words say, I'm letting go, I'm falling into you. I think the verse goes, You've brought me to the end of myself. And this has been the longest road. Just when my hallelujahs were tired, you gave me a new song. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. I'm falling into you. You know, there's a trust factor in falling. There's trust in that. There's trust that says, you know what? I'm going to stand here right now and I'm just going to fall. And God, I know that you're going to catch me. I'm letting go. I'm opening up a door that I never want to open. But I'm letting go and I'm falling into you. This liquid love 
And that's what it is. It's like liquid. It's like hot liquid. The love of God wants to permeate every part of our being. He so longs to love every part of you, every facet of you, every single thread of your being. He wants to love. Let's stand to our feet. We worship you, O God. Yes, we do. You're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, God. I'm letting go of all I am, oh God. And I'm pressing into you. Why don't you just close your eyes right now? And say, I'm letting go. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.